0: Feeling a great love for organization and tidiness is one thing. Feeling a great love for the Kanmai philosophy and way of life is another thing. Being really good at business and being good at the technical as well as the kind of accounting, scheduling, bookkeeping, all of those things that go along with having a business is another thing. And there's no part of the Kanmari training that will give you those skills. It's really something that you either bring with you or that you are self-taught. It's really a business. Welcome to Spark Joy, the podcast dedicated to celebrating the KonMari method and the transformative power of surrounding yourself with joy and letting go of all the rest. With your hosts and certified KonMari consultants, Kristen Ivy and Karen Sochi. And now, here's the show. Today's episode of Spark Joy is dedicated to our listeners who have reached out to us with interest in becoming KonMari consultants. Kristen and I were part of the second KonMari consultant training ever held in the United States, and we are consultants number 11 and 12, respectively. And we attended our consultant training back in August of 2016.
1: As of the recording of this show, there are currently just over 100 certified consultants representing 14 different countries across the world. As we mentioned, SparkJoy listeners have asked us questions about the consultant life.
0: For example, Heloisa wrote, Hello, I am so excited to find your podcast. I just started listening to it. I am curious about finding more about the KonMari consultant training. Could you share more info? I've just started my journey last year and I'm currently in paper category. I'm a little slow because I have two small kids, ages two and four.
1: Little Miss Tidy UK on Instagram often also mentioned that she loves listening to us and is training to become a Kamari consultant in April. So good luck, Little Miss UK. If you are interested at all in becoming a certified KonMari consultant, this is the episode for you. Today, we'll explore why Karen and I became consultants and we'll talk about the process of becoming certified and all of the realities associated with this business.
0: But first, it's time for a joy check. Kristen. what's bringing you joy today?
1: Well, I can honestly say that I've reached a pretty joyful milestone in my life for sure. I just recently let go or sold in this case my first place. I purchased a condo in Alexandria Virginia in 2004 and I've owned it ever since uh, up until this month. So yeah I just let it go uh, which was kind of crazy but it was time to to part ways. It, it served as my home for many many years and then also at the tail end there a, a Rental property. Uh, and it just, it was time to move on. And it was also just another sign that I've kind of made Chicago my permanent home now, uh, letting go of uh, the ties. Of course, I still have family in Virginia and will never let go of them for sure. But, <laughs> um, but in terms of my home, that was the next step. I, I mentioned earlier in other episodes that I. Let go of my car. So I'm really focused on finances. So if anything isn't making me money, I let it go. <laughs> so so yeah, I'm just really happy to have like come to that really intentional decision, felt really good about it and made a little money.
0: No, that's great. So you're a real estate maven now.
1: Oh, I would definitely not (laughs) use the word maven, but hey, you know, I'm renting now. We'll see. Maybe one day I'll go back to owning, but but the owning season of my life is definitely wrapped up for now.
0: (laughs) Very good. Well, congratulations on the sale. That's a
1: big deal. Thanks. Karen, what about you? What's sparking joy?
0: I have to say that um, springtime is I think, tied with my second favorite time of year. Uh, the first, My first favorite time of year is autumn, but I think spring is either tied or very close behind. I, I just am a, a sucker for all of the beautiful spring flowers that come up in the city. I grew up in the country, more or less, so I was... I grew up with a lot of plants and flowers and and spring and all that kind of stuff. But it's a lot different in the city. And and I think because there's so much concrete and asphalt here that when the flowers do come up, it's even more noticeable. So, you know, seeing a, a big bunch of daffodils in around a tree in a park here, it just seems to have a bigger impact than it does in, in a lot of other places. And it just always feels to me like um, it's the... The sign of a new beginning and new possibilities and, um, you know, all those things that, that go along with springtime. So I guess what's bringing me joy right now is just the time of year.
1: Very cool. Yeah. I heard someone say that they think spring has disappeared for Chicago. We're just going to (laughs) skip from winter to summer at this point. It snowed in April, and uh, it's just crazy. The uh, weather—it's been really weird this season. But uh, you've just, you know, recognized the beauty of spring and the joy. I'm very jealous. uh, But hopefully, I'll see some some signs of spring soon. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> All right. So now that we've joy checked, let's begin with some background on how KonMari Consultants came to be. When the book, The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up was released in 2014, Marie Kondo was training a team of consultants in Japan. As the book became a movement in many countries, the interest in KonMari led her to begin to think about expanding her brand and really focusing on her mission, which is organizing the world. So since that was her goal, she expanded to train consultants elsewhere, basing those trainings in the U.S. and also they've been uh, taken abroad more recently to uh, London and China. Before jumping too far into discussing KonMari consultancy, we should probably mention that we are publishing this episode on April 17th, 2018. So any of the information we share today is subject to change as the program evolves. All right, Karen, let's get right into it. I'm sure our listeners are probably wondering the why behind us becoming Kunmari Consultants. So let's start maybe with your story. What drew you to KonMari and why did you become a consultant?
0: Well, that's a great question, and I think I get asked that question um, by almost every client. And it's really kind of you know just it's it's kind of a roundabout thing for me. I started my life in healthcare. Um, I've mentioned before that I was a clinical psychotherapist for many years, and I was in healthcare finance. Um, I have an MA in psychology, and then at some point, I went and got my MBA. And so I was you know kind of working in the corporate world for many years, and just at some point really wanted to do something different. I just I just could not envision that the beginning of my life and the end of my life would be spent doing the same type of thing in the same field. So, But I, I had no idea what that something was going to be. Then at some point, I think right after the book came to the States, um, I stumbled upon it. And for whatever reason, I decided to, to pick it up and read it. And to be honest, I'm not a huge book reader. So it was actually kind of unusual that I picked it up to begin with, but I just loved it. I just fell in love with the tone and the philosophy and just the whole general attitude that Marie had about just, you know, everything in general. It wasn't just about the stuff. It was about, you know, the whole lifestyle of, of, of KonMari and just, just everything about her just seemed so genuine. Um, As it turned out that um, I was at some point getting ready to, to, to move myself and um, decided to do my kan- my um, actual practice at that time, and it was just it was just an amazing change. It was an amazing transformation. And I was not a person that that I uh, that I would have said had tons of stuff, but I ended up literally getting rid of like a third to maybe even half of the stuff that I owned, and it just was it was just a transformation in my life. Then at some point, Marie came and spoke at the Japan Center here in New York. Um, I went to hear her, and then she came back at another time, and about this time, I began to hear something online about her um, thinking about training consultants in the states. So I went to see her, and at that point, they were actually beginning to introduce the idea. Um, so I was on board from the very beginning as soon as um, I heard that the trainings had been scheduled, i jumped jumped in and 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 got myself in the um registered. And um, that was kind of it. So there I was. And I have to say that I do believe that my background has been extremely helpful. I, I certainly don't think that that having any type of background, any particular background is any more or less helpful as a KonMari consultant. I think that that people from all different walks of life can bring things to KonMari. Um, but for me in particular, I've just found that that background was was super helpful. Um, I guess that's kind of it. So, um, Kristen, what is your story? How did you get here?
1: Well, I also have a bit of a roundabout story. It's interesting how KonMari kind of helped me connect a lot of different directions my life had already taken. <laughs> when I found KonMari first was introduced to the term, I was living in my parents' basement, insert cliche here, uh, for <laughs> for a year. And uh, I had moved out of that condo that I just mentioned and started to rent it to a nice young lady who was my tenant uh, for a a few years and she, um, while she rented, I was at my parents' house, just trying to get my life together, trying to figure out what my next major move was going to be while I continued on with my full-time job. Uh, I have a degree in engineering and that's my undergraduate background. So I have been a project manager and corporate consultant for over 14 years and that, uh, condo and, and kind of my life was all centered around the Washington D.C. metro area. So I'd lived in that area for quite some time. And I was used to moving around. I went to three different high schools. Uh, I was typical military brat. So uh, it was odd that I had stayed in one place so long. So I was kind of itching to make some sort of change and knew that I had kind of landed in a comfort zone. I started to explore my creativity as well. I went and got a master's degree in interior design. And uh uh, worked it, it, on graduate school in the evenings, and continued to just uh, just be full time in corporate America. But I hadn't really made a leap into the industry of design, I the uh, recession occurred and designers were getting laid off like 40 people at a time. It was pretty bad. Um, so I definitely kept my J job at that time and just volunteered in the industry for a while. So I still wasn't really realizing any goals that I had and was wondering kind of, um, you know, what was next? Fundamentally, I understood about myself that I really need to be doing things that matter and make a real difference. Like, really tangibly, I would get really frustrated when I would work on a uh, deliverable and I just knew that it was just this report that would probably sit on someone's desk or this pamphlet that would probably just be, you know, collect dust or <laughs> sit on a shelf and that just really frustrated me. So I felt like I had more to give. Uh, so like I said, I, I was kind of stuck, but I had a vision. Uh, I'm a visual person. I loved making visual, vision boards well before KonMari. Uh, but I wasn't really realizing things on the board <laughs> uh, besides getting my little puppy at the time and um, maybe saving a little bit, bit of money. But yeah, I still had a lot of goals that I wanted to achieve. And I had a general affinity for order. So I think that was one of the reasons why I read the blog about kunmari because I just naturally like things that talk about organizing. And when I read the book, I was like, oh my gosh, this message. It's just everything about it. Like you said, Karen, it just resonated with me immediately. And I read the book, um, Tail End of December, 2015. I think I even read it when I was on vacation in Jamaica. At that time, my family took like a a, um, Caribbean Christmas kind of trip. And then when I came back to the States in January, I started tidying immediately. I worked through clothing, and it immediately gave me some signs that something might not be right. Although I, a regular purger, as I've mentioned, I uh, used to be uh, every year. I'd purge things, and really would feel organized just because I purged things every year. I never took a look at why I had so many things to purge, and that's what working through the clothing category really showed me. I had about three hundred dollars worth of clothes that still were brand new with tags. And I was able to return those clothes and uh, get a bag that I now use every day. But I, you know, immediately was like, okay, this is a problem. (laughs) So I realized that I might be coping with using clutter to cope basically. And that was the first lesson I learned. Then I moved on to paper or I'm sorry, I moved on to books and when i processed books i found a book called the ultimate the ultimate guide to professional organizing and it had collected dust for like 10 years i never had read it wow. um but when i got rid of all the noise and that that book kind of stood out i started connecting all the dots in my mind i have this design degree i'm very creative but i'm also very process oriented and strategic and you know yeah i had this at one time thought that I could be an organizer because everyone had always told me in in the the space of work and personal life that I was organized, Uh, I think it just all clicked. Like and so, I started searching on my phone. Kanari consultant. I just was like, she has to probably have consultants. I just really was guessing, and I came across an article about the 100 consultants that she had at the time in Japan, and that was exactly on February 7th, 2016 at 10:57 p.m. I text my friend and I said, if Kanari comes to us, I'm there. (laughs) So, so that was definitely the moment that I. It, literally to the date and time that I decided I wanted to be a consultant. And everything after that was pretty fast paced and quick. Over the next uh, six months, I had uh, everything goes yard sale. Uh, anything that didn't spark joy left uh, my life before I moved to uh, Chicago. So then after I moved to Chicago, I met Marie Kondo, participated in the training, completed the practice hours. I immediately met new friends in Chicago and attracted many social and business partners. And I believe it was because I was just open to that. I had no clutter holding me back for sure. And the fact that I truly practiced KonMari to the best of my ability, I put a lot of positive energy out into my space in my world. And I was being a lot more intentional about the decisions I was making. So... I launched my business and uh, yeah, none of this would have happened if it hadn't if I hadn't been willing to confront what was going on in my home and question what the clutter in my life represented and really took multiple leaps of faith on uh, stepping out of my comfort zone. And I'm still doing that to this date, like letting go of my car, letting go of my condo and, and things just to, to make space to grow in a new direction.
0: I really like what you said about the leap of faith. I, mm-hmm. Sometimes I look back and I think I can't believe I actually did that. Yeah, yeah. And I, <laughs> I mean, it's kind of amazing how sometimes there's just something that feels so compelling, um, you just don't see any other way except to just go for it, you know. And um, so I agree. I think for when you when you find something that is really Kind of almost your destiny. It's almost impossible to avoid kind of taking those leaps, you know. But I do think that that's a very common thing, especially for people who are in business for themselves. It's really, um, it's a, it's a risky thing to do, mm-hmm. and it can be very scary. Um, and there's a whole lot of unknowns, especially when it comes to something like Kanmai for us in particular, because we were kind of the. the the pioneers of the whole thing, and so we really didn't know what to expect, but um, but there we were,
1: <laughs> <laughs> for sure. And yeah, I had I had a close friend who always used to say, "Oh, you you would be great entrepreneur." And I used to be like, "No way! Like that's <laughs> so scary to me." I was so scared, but it was interesting how I the, the passion grew and the just uh, the fact that I was very sure that I had chosen the right thing to do that totally just trumped any fear that I had about Mm -hmm. entrepreneurship. And I had held these fears for years. Um, There was various other directions I tried to go in just my volunteer life when it came to the design industry. And I was dabbling in blogging and media and things like that just in the off hours. And I never took the full leap. But when it came to Kamari, I I went ahead and committed (laughs) for sure. Yeah, I think there is a lot of value in these stories that we have, right, Karen? That I we get to ask these all the time, and and. It, every consultant that we know in, in our, our network of consultants has these stories to share. And I was able to collect a few of these last year, uh, the moment essentially that Kunmari fan turned into Kunmari consultant. And I've compiled 12 of these stories on For the Love of Tidy blog. So I will definitely link those in the show notes so you guys can read and maybe relate to some of uh, the stories. They're all very different. And it's very interesting to read um, about how each person made the decision uniquely on how to really bring Kanmari from just something they read about to their full-time profession. Now that we've shared the why, we should probably talk about the how so we are going to walk through the seven steps to becoming a KonMari consultant and really share our insider's perspective about each phase. And uh, yeah, we have a lot to share here. These steps have come from KonMari.com and we're just going to expand a little bit on each one and just tell, share a little bit of our personal um, opinions and perspective on each step. So we'll start with step one, and that is read the Marie Kondo books.
0: I'm guessing that this one should be pretty self-explanatory. I <laughs> sure. mean, obviously, for most people, I don't think they would really even be considering this if they had not read the books. But it certainly is an important step. Um, there's not just the, the life-changing magic of tidying up and spark joy, but now there are a couple of other books that have come out, um, the Manjo book. Um, and, of course, there are lots of videos and things online. So I would say the very first step is to not only read the, the, the core books, but also to read and watch as much as you possibly can about um, the whole method before you even consider becoming a consultant because that's going to give you a lot of information, just doing that by itself.
1: For sure. And to clarify, I actually, when my clients ask, should I read the book before you come over? I always tell them that that's optional because I feel that we cover the nuts and bolts during the session the fundamentals and the best way to kind of up, learn about Canari is to apply it kind of while you're learning so um it's optional for our clients to read the book but if you're going to be a consultant i imagine it it's pretty yeah. mandatory
0: yeah yeah no i agree with that approach to clients i mean a lot of a lot of our clients if the ability to sit down and read the book would have been a step that they have just not been able to take, which is why they have contacted us to help them with that process. So totally agree with that.
1: And just to clarify, the second book, Spark Joy is a separate book and I always like to make sure this is clear because uh, the life changing magic of tidying up is the most famous and the original and the bestseller. Spark Joy is the companion book which is essentially a bit of an extension that goes into a, a little more detail about the each clutter category and technique uh, techniques that correspond to each category so uh, I've heard it being called like the encyclopedia or the like yeah. reference uh, for Kamari because it's written more like a reference book. It also there has a couple of questions there in the book that respond to really popular uh, feedback that has uh, the team you know collected after the life changing magic of tidying up kind of hit the scenes. So that's the difference. They also look very similar in their co- front covers. So <laughs> I always like to just clarify there that there is two separate books that we we may refer to in, in this episode as well as other episodes. All right. So step two, tidy your home.
0: You definitely will want to have completed the process on your own, home. Obviously, this is a pretty self-explanatory, although I have to say that when we first, when the consultants training first happened, there was no expectation that you had done this before the seminar. That has definitely changed. I definitely want you to have tidied your home before you take the seminar. I mean, and it's so important to have done this because unless you've actually completed this practice yourself, it is really hard to understand why it works as well as how it works, um, there is just so much um, fundamental kind of uh, emotional and um, um, in-depth change that happens as you go through the process. It's really kind of the, the transformation doesn't really happen until you've tidied your own stuff. So this seems to be um a real turning point for most people. And I think every consultant I've ever talked to has has always referred back to the time that they've tidied their own home as being when they knew that this was the, the path for them. So it's definitely important that you undertake the process yourself. Um, of course, relying on the books and the material that's out in the world um, for for help, uh, or, you know, some consultants have used consultants before they decided to, to take the plunge. Um, one of my trainees uh, or one of my clients is now currently a trainee. And, of course, that's very gratifying to me. Um, but, again, it's, it's really just a matter of deciding what works for you as far as um, taking the plunge um, into tidying your own home. Um, But again, this is a really important step and something that you should definitely have done before you attend the seminar.
1: I think it's also important to clarify that when we say complete the tidying process, what we mean is to complete all of the clutter categories. So start with defining your vision and then working through all the different categories, clothing, books, paper, miscellaneous, and sentimental. And that it constitutes a full Kanmari tiding event. And as we know, it's it's tough to complete all categories sometimes and uh, we stop, we stall, we pick it up again. So being able to hold yourself accountable and finishing finishing your tiding event before you can move on to the next phase of becoming a consultant is really important. And you're probably wondering, how do they verify that your home is tidy? Yeah. We, we were actually asked to submit photos to verify that we completed the process. So uh, make sure to take lots of photos along the way, or at least uh, after photos once you've completed tidying.
0: Yeah, that's an important point. And also, um, we should mention at this point that and the KonMai com site, there's actually an app that goes along with their site that you can, you can sign up for and it walks you through the steps and you can kind of click off every time you've completed a category, which is kind of fun. It kind of gamifies the whole process. So we'll make sure to put that in the show notes as well.
1: Perfect. Moving on, we've got step three, which is attend a seminar.
0: This, of course, is kind of the keystone to the entire... Um, certification process. Um, it's definitely an investment. So keep that in mind also. This is the, this is the point where you're really kind of putting your money where your mouth is um, or where your heart is. I guess it was probably a better way to put it.
1: Where the joy is. <laughs> where the joy is. Exactly.
0: Exactly. At the time of this podcast, the early bird registration was $1,700. Um, and again, this is um, in April of 2018. So it could change. Um, and it probably will change, but that's what it is at this point. Um, It's generally, the seminar itself is generally three long days, a Friday, Saturday, and a Sunday, and there's a lot of information covered. Um, It's a lot of fun. You get to meet a lot of amazing people, but it is definitely um, it's definitely a very involved process. You um, will be taking a lot of notes. You'll be listening to a lot of speakers. um, But the good thing is, is that the energy is just super positive and um, there's just a lot of uh, motivation. Um, It's very easy to get caught up in the enthusiasm and you really begin to see kind of how KonMari has impacted the lives of other people, um, which is really um, an exciting and great event.
1: Yeah. Something really magical happens when you get any group of people together who are just there for a common cause. But when all of them are sparking joy, it's even more magical. And... Everyone at these seminars are just super passionate about tidying and just living their best life. So I remember thinking, wow, um, I just left, uh, a women empowerment <laughs> conference, you know, <laughs> and, and I can say that, uh, because I think there was only one gentleman who was in the group with us, uh, Karen, in the yeah. training? In so our
0: it, training, there was yeah. one. I yep. think every group has had maybe one or two. Yeah. Um, but not a lot, which is one of the things that we hope changes.
1: Definitely. Yeah. So it was definitely majority women. So I did feel like very empowered, you know, uh, on that front and didn't walk into this expecting that at all. Right.
0: And the majority of the seminar is made up of presentations that the ConMai Media team presents, as well as some of the certified consultants. So some of the certified consultants who have gone through the training and are established in the profession will also do some of the presentations. There's also... Um, quite a bit of group work and some real hands-on learning. So um, although you do a lot of listening and um, note-taking and all that kind of stuff, you definitely get an opportunity to do some practice work and and get involved in some really great group discussions.
1: Yes, and the material discussed definitely extends beyond the Marie Kondo books. So uh, it's not kind of a rehashing of what's in the book. It's more focused on... Applying the philosophy in different client situations and focusing on how best to serve clients and how to listen to them and how to adopt um, to what's going on and apply this method to a lot of different unique situations. Uh, So it's all about application, not necessarily rehashing what's in the book. Although, of course, some fundamentals are definitely referenced. And at the time of this recording, the seminars are led by the director of the Japanese Association of KonMari Tiding Consultants. So a majority of the presentation is in Japanese with the translator assisting. As the number of consultants who are certified in various locations starts to increase, uh, we're often asked to share our thoughts and experiences as KonMari alumni. So both Karen and myself, we have had the opportunity to speak before training. In Chicago and New York, I even had the opportunity to host an incoming training class, welcome to Chicago kind of meetup event, which happened the day before training, just a kind of a, a event for folks to just relax and get to know each other before they dove into three days of training. So that was really, really fun. And yeah, we continue just to uh, network with the incoming uh, consultants and our alumni friends. Um uh, from there.
0: Yeah, Kristen kind of set the pace for having an event before the um, before the actual seminar, and now KonMari has started doing that because it was such a great idea. And I think in most of the seminars now, they do have some little event that happens. The evening before the training, but of course, that's always going to be, you know, subject to the location and all kinds of things like that. But, but they definitely are moving into trying to make it a even more robust experience for people. And of course, the big question that everyone always asks is, do you get to meet Marie Kondo? And the answer is yes. She usually, um, at least in our experience, presents on the first and last day of the seminar, and she's everything you could imagine in person. Um, and you even usually, at least in our experience, get to take a photo with her, which is great because you can put that on your websites then when you get um, when you get those built out.
1: Yes, she definitely exudes joy and is super cool every time we get to meet her in person. All right, step four, join the community. Community, in this case, really starts at training. Uh, Relationships that you'll develop there will kind of last a lifetime, honestly. I mean, this podcast itself is really an offshoot of Karen and I meeting over the training. So yeah, it's just really cool. We are a tight-knit group for sure.
0: And Kanmai has really done a great job at building out some, um, community support primarily on Facebook. There is a group that's just for trainees. And then there's another group that you get invited to when you become a certified consultant. Um, they're great. They, um, a lot of the folks are really involved and very active in like answering questions and giving feedback, um, and really helping people kind of, you know, kind of, overcome issues and obstacles as they come up, as you begin to to practice as a KonMari consultant?
1: Yeah, I actually had a question. uh, Someone uh, emailed me about... Uh, how they were in a remote location and they were worried that if they went through the Kanmari training, they wouldn't be able to stay connected to the practice. So I think that the virtual groups are definitely helpful for those who might be in more remote or rural areas where there isn't like a very high concentration of consultants.
0: Right. And of course, in addition to all of that, a lot of consultants, especially if they are in areas where there are, you know, several of us, they definitely meet in real life for um, you know, coffee, dinner, whatever, and just um get to know each other better. So there is definitely a lot of opportunity to um feel a part of the community.
1: Yes, real life always sparks joy for sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. So step five is submit tidying reports.
0: So this is when it gets really nerve wracking <laughs> going through <laughs> your certification process. So the 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 thing is that you have to do practice sessions. And these practice sessions are, um, generally, it's a total of about 30 hours. Um, as you know, as you will learn, sessions generally go from three to five hours. Um, and you will submit 10 reports that are of lessons that you've conducted in the homes of your clients. Um, and there is a form that um, that you submit through the Conmari Consultant Platform. Um, and these get sent to the Kanbay people who are who are responsible for training folks, and then you get feedback and. Um um, you know, they may ask you additional questions, but basically it's just a report on, on the, the work that you did, what category you um, completed, what it was like, who was in, who your client was, and just some general information. Getting these first sessions can be a real challenge. If you are not someone who's had experience in this field before, um, it can be really difficult to Um, Get those first people to let you come and practice tidying in their home. So for a lot of people, the first clients may be friends and family. Um, And um, so that's a good place to start generally uh, new trainees will offer sessions at a reduced rate or maybe even not charging anything at all, which is sometimes just what you have to do to kind of get started. But we highly recommend that you, whenever possible, charge at least something. And that's really for two reasons. First of all, From the very beginning, it's important for you to believe that you have something that's valuable that you're providing to people because you are. And it's very easy to have self-doubt in the very beginning. And as soon as you start getting paid for this work, you will begin to see that this is a valuable service that you're offering. And on the other hand, it's really good for your clients, even if they are good friends or family, to feel that they're making an investment in the process. So even if they are just paying a little bit per hour for your services, they will feel that they are um, they are participating in a very specific concrete way in the whole process and, and for both of those reasons this can be really good um, but again at the, at the very beginning it's it can feel really overwhelming to try to get these sessions under your belt but um, you know you just stick with it ask around tell people what you're doing you'll probably find that people are a lot more interested in this than, than you even realized
1: Yeah, the practice sessions are a great hands on learning experience that really inform everything moving forward from the unique way that you decide to implement the technique to some of your marketing materials or your lead magnets. You get in direct experience with uh, client's pain points and that is invaluable and it helps you refine everything before you hit the ground officially and have a full service load. All right, so the next step is step six, complete the
0: exam. After you've submitted your training sessions, your your practice sessions, then you will be um, asked to complete the online exam. It basically is just going to cover some of the principles of KonMari. Um It'll present you with possible scenarios um, that you may face as a consultant, and some of them are um, you know, will be pretty pretty standard and pretty self explanatory. Um, this is probably one of the most frightening parts of the um, training for people because it feels like it's a real big unknown. Um, but it's really it's really something that once you've gone through the practice sessions, will be relatively easy to accomplish.
1: Yeah, I'm often asked what the test is like. And of course, we can't share the actual questions or any of the answers. But I can confidently say if you've paid attention during the Kunmari seminar and you've really been dedicated throughout the uh, process of your your practice sessions and you've absorbed uh, the technique and any back Best practices that you've learned when actually practically um, applying this technique, you'll definitely pass. Um, so don't panic. It's not the SAT, it's not the bar exam. Um, <laughs> you know, you should feel confident uh, that you uh, will be able to spark joy when it comes to the exam. All right, next step is step seven apply for certification
0: right so once you've completed all of the previous steps and everything has gone through successfully you will get the big congratulations email and you will be invited to then submit your application um, to become a certified consultant there is a contract that you sign and you'll get to see this before you even get to this stage there's nothing in it that you wouldn't expect really um and then you pay a membership fee you're, that kind of initiate your um, certification, and it's $500 at the time of this podcast. Um, and then you're activated, and you are officially a KonMari consultant. Now, the other thing to keep in mind is that this $500 is an annual fee. So every year, this will be an annual, basically a, a dues a fee that you'll pay. It's a professional fee that you pay to keep your certification current.
1: Yes. And with that fee comes the right to call yourself a certified Kanamari consultant. And you uh, will also be able to use the Badges as well that come along with the various levels of uh, consultancy that are associated with the number of hours that you've put towards actual tiding uh, after the uh, practice sessions, and you'll have access to the Facebook communities as mentioned, as well as uh, the opportunity to be promoted via the Kanmari newsletter to the larger Kanmari fan base, and you will also your profile and and your information will also live on the KonMari.com website as well under consultants.
0: There's few things as exciting as the day that your profile shows up on the KonMari Consultant, certified KonMari Consultant website.
1: <laughs> <That's> <laughs> it's a true.
0: very big day. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yep. And because you've reached the end of the road and we've reached the end of the steps. And uh, hopefully we have covered these comprehensively enough that you understand what it takes to really get from just being a fan and a reader uh, to the part where you are actually certified as a Kabari consultant. Now that we've addressed the process, we'd like to also just share the realities of the job, what it's truly like to be a consultant.
0: And along with all of the great things that that being a consultant will bring you away, there are also some things to keep in mind that maybe you hadn't thought of um, when you have this vision of organizing the world. And some of these things include the fact that in this job you will be in people's homes, and you will learn quickly that everyone lives differently, um, and and in many cases you will come into contact with. People who live in a way that is much different than anything you've experienced before, which is to me one of the most exciting things about this. But you will also find yourself sometimes in really tight spaces. Um, You might find yourself in attics and basements and rooms that are um, um, difficult to maneuver because of excess clutter or what have you. But there will definitely be different. And, And I always say, that I never know what to expect when that door opens. Even if I've spoken to a client beforehand um, extensively, when that door opens, I'm, I'm, it's always something different than I expected. But that's part of the excitement of the job.
1: Yeah, for sure. All of my uh, clients have mentioned that they are nervous before I arrive. And I think as consultants, I'm not sure about you, Kara, but I also have a bit of nervousness. Yeah. And it's, it's not because I'm in doubt um, that I can't help them, but it's more like I'm just walking into a new situation. So it's more of like a nervous anxiety, I'd say, um, that can is kind of part of just doing something that's, you know, new. So yeah, so it's, it's quite normal for both the, the client and even the consultant to feel a little bit of uh, butterflies.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's once you get past those first couple of minutes, though, and you've, you've you've said hello and you've you know kind of just broken the ice a little bit. It it's much easier, and I, I think it's really important to remember that your client will be far more nervous about this than you are. So um, again, it's just something that's that's kind of an exciting part of the job is that you never really know exactly what to expect. The other thing that's really important about this job is that this is a very client-centered profession. So you will be um, working with clients from all backgrounds and all walks of life who have come from many different experiences. Um, and managing clients um, can be very unpredictable. Um, we all have stories about things that have occurred that were either um, – you know, amusing or a little intimidating or a little, um, wow, that was really crazy. Um, for the most part though, you'll find that your clients are absolutely amazing and lovely. Um, but there's always some unpredictable unpredictability about the whole situation.
1: Yes. And the beautiful thing is that the Kanmari bunch is well-equipped to handle this unpredictability. (laughs) We come with a ton of different skill sets. I remember just at the training, I met uh, a doula, a lawyer, a nurse, a seerum mom. Uh, So, yeah we come with all kinds of different experiences. As mentioned, I have a background in engineering and design, and I pull from both of those uh, disciplines to help my clients in the most holistic way as possible. And as Karen mentioned, she brings therapy into her session. And I think that's really cool. We're not all starting at, as uh, professional organizers. There's definitely some professional organizers. when I say that in the traditional, Sense who come in uh, and expand their services by becoming a certified Kamari consultant. So you have some with those backgrounds as well, but not all of us uh, have taken that track. We've come to Kamari from many, many different directions, and I think that's what makes our bunch, you know, so cool.
0: And I think it, it's not just the skills that, that are different amongst Kanmari consultants, but also just the personality types. I mean, I was always so interested in meeting consultants who seemed really shy. And kind of, you know, that would seem like they were people who would take a back seat, um, you know, in a conversation. And then I've seen people who are really outgoing and outspoken. And both of those t- personality types seem to work really well with clients uh, and everything in between. It just, it's just, you know, being aware of, of y- the way that you interact with people and learning to apply, um, your style. Um, in a way that works best for you. So it's really, I, get, I think it's one of the good things about Kanai um, media is that they've not said you must be like this person in order to become a consultant. They've really left the door open for a lot of different um, backgrounds and personalities and everything, which I think is one of the reasons that it's such a great community.
1: For sure. And as mentioned, you're going to be weaving through some tight spaces. And I think both the client and the consultant, of two, So sometimes we underestimate really the physicality of this operation. Not only are you on your feet for three to five hours at a time, you're uh, lifting or kind of doing the same motion over and over again, when you're picking up clothing and drawing from boxes that are high on the shelf, this is a a, quite a physical process. And it also gets very emotional as well. When you are helping a client really um, move through and let go of some, some ideas, some ways of thinking, uh, some trauma that may have experienced uh, they've experienced in their life or a certain season of their life they are moving on from or a profession. There's many, many things that come up during a session. So it's important to note that in this service, you're going to uh, interact in that way when it comes to the business of tidying. All right, so speaking of the business of tidying, we should definitely talk about the business aspects associated with being an independent contractor so each kanmari consultant is a independent Entity or contractor or consultant. Uh, we are not an MLM or a franchise. So this is not a pyramid scheme of any kind for sure. <laughs> we are getting not a dime of money from anyone signing up to be a consultant. Everyone is independent, which allows us to uh, kind of take Kanmari on in our own unique ways. Of course, there's various guidelines that come from Kanmari in terms of how we should or what we should call ourselves or how we should. Um, conduct ourselves within media situations and things like that. There's general guidelines. For the most part, we are responsible for uh, everything legally as well as administratively for our business as independent LLCs.
0: Which I think is one of the really important things about um, making sure that this is the right business for you is, you know, feeling a great love for organization and tidiness is one thing, feeling a great love for the Kanmai. Um, philosophy and way of life is another thing. Being really good at business and being good at the technical as well as the kind of accounting, scheduling, bookkeeping, all of those things that go along with having a business is another thing. And there's no part of the kanmai training that will give you those skills. It's really something that you either bring with you or that you are self-taught It's really a business and, and there are a lot of things that you will do that will, that you will not get paid for, um, as part of, especially in early parts of your business when you're setting up your website and, and kind of coming up with your branding and, and your business model and all those things, um, that you, that are really a part of getting started. Um, so there's a lot of things to consider and it's probably one of the most, um, important considerations. Is this something that you feel committed to take on?
1: Yeah. And in my corporate life, I, I'm kind of trained to think strategically and to identify white spaces to the point where I probably do it without even thinking or understanding that I'm doing it. Mm -hmm. And that is what happened when I left the training. I felt like there was a big gap when it came to things that support the business aspect of Konmari. And as much as I love Konmari, if I didn't feel like I could Create a sustainable business around it, then I would have just had to let go, I guess, of the idea, and uh, probably wouldn't have invested in in training. So it's important. Uh, to consider this business aspect. After I left uh, San Francisco where the training was uh, on the way back to Chicago, I just hit the ground running in terms of developing For the Love of Tidy. And I surrounded myself with tons of information from popular bloggers or um, people in the um, intra- entrepreneurship space, mentors who just were, I was attracting at the time. I, it, it was like this this advice and this great wisdom was just... Really flowing to me um, with great ease, and so I combined my experience with just synthesizing information and creating it uh, into, or kind of molding it into a strategic plan um, to create some custom resources for my clients, and. Administrative forms as well that just make things go smooth, um, like work agreements and intake forms, things like that. So, I was so excited about these tools <laughs> that I thought to myself, wow, it'd be great if I had just had these tools as soon as I landed in Chicago that I didn't have to kind of spin my wheels a little bit and seek the information out. Um, and so, to give back to the community, I started the Tidy Mastermind. And the mission of the Tidy Mastermind is to foster and serve a community of emerging tidying entrepreneurs with actionable tools and accountability that drives the thriving business envisioned in their ideal lifestyle. And these tools are basically everything I wish I had the minute I started to work on my business after training. I will continue to offer Tidy Mastermind to anyone who's cycling through the seminars. And I also wrote a open letter to consultants sharing tips that I wish I heard the day I started uh, training And I also leave my door open to speak to anyone considering that they want to become a KonMari consultant. And we can have a quick chat. If you go to ForTheLoveOfTidy.com, you can click on services and then joy call, which allows you to just make an appointment. And I'm happy to, you know, talk tidy anytime, especially with those really interested in moving in this direction with their career. It's also really cool to see that KMI, the uh, Kunmari Media Inc., which is Kunmari's organization, they have now developed some more supportive tools around business development over time in response to the feedback from all the different classes cycling through for more information on business and strategy and marketing and, and the development side of uh, being a consultant.
0: As in any type of business undertaking, there's always going to be some risk. There's there is absolutely no guarantee that this will be a profitable endeavor for you. Um, many people are doing really well with this, but it really depends on um, the market. It depends on where you're located. It depends on the demand over time. Um, something that may be really popular one year may not be so popular the next, it's just really hard to say. Um, it's really impossible to say exactly what our businesses will be like even in a couple of years from now. Every indication that we will continue to grow as a community and that interest in Kanmari will continue to be as strong as it is now um, or stronger, but there are always risks involved. So, as you consider this path for yourself, there's really um, some things to think about. Um, You know, what is your particular situation, your family situation? Um, What how long can you afford to go without making a profit? Because there will definitely be some time between the seminar and your profitable business that you will um, not be bringing in any income or that you will be um, focusing on the initial business expenses. There are things like um, the initial training that will cost you money. Um, For most of us, we had to... Um, pay for assistance in building a website or um, for other equipment or um, in developing whatever materials that you want to incorporate as part of your business model. For some of us, there are things like licenses in our um, local communities um, and just various things, things such as, things such as um, um, liability insurance to consider. So there's, it's a lot of things to consider when you're thinking about the business aspects of, of becoming a, um, Um, an entrepreneur.
1: Yeah, another consideration should definitely be time as well. When you consider that these appointments are three to five hours, not only is that a commitment for your clients, but of course, also your own personal schedule in life. So um, while this type of business allows you a lot of flexibility in terms of what time of day you can choose to work. Um, You have to consider how much time, if you had a full schedule, for example, how much time in your schedule would you be blocking off for the business of KonMari, meaning uh, the tidying lessons themselves, as well as any ongoing uh, marketing and other administrative business tasks that, uh, Karen, you've you've, uh, kind of summarized here quite well. So... Yeah, it's important to can take all of those things into consideration.
0: We could probably devote an entire show to things such as um, how to decide what accounting platform to use or a scheduling platform or um, what the best way to um, get all of the nuts and bolts of running a business in order. Um, we've covered some of them, but it's really there's just so much to it that we would definitely um, consider that to be um, a topic in and of itself. And maybe we'll do that at some
1: point. Yeah, I was going to say, if any of our listeners out there are interested in hearing more about the administrative side of consulting or any other points that we touched on today that you'd like us to dive a little bit deeper into, please uh, let us know for sure by visiting sparkjoypodcast.com and leaving us an email or sending us a message via Instagram or Twitter. To wrap up here, we love what we do. Wading through America's clutter to uncover the joy can be a tough job sometimes, but the end result and the immediate impact we see on our clients, that just is super rewarding.
0: If you are a KonMari fan looking for a job that is hands-on and service-based and helps others grow and change their lives, definitely consider becoming a KonMari consultant.
1: Make that choice wisely and ultimately lean towards what sparks the ultimate joy. So now we want to hear from you. Tell us your burning tidying questions or share stories about how Kanmari has impacted your life.
0: You can find us at sparkjoypodcast.com and click Ask Spark Joy to leave a question or comment for a chance to be featured on next week's show.
1: While you're there, sign up to join our Spark Joy podcast community and get notified when each episode airs.
0: You can also join the Spark Joy podcast community on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at the handle at SparkJoyPodcast.
1: Thanks for tuning in, and we hope your day sparks joy. Thank you for listening
0: to Spark Joy with your host, Kristen Ivey of For the Love of Tidy in Chicago and Karen Sochi of The Serene Home in New York City. Spark Joy, the podcast, is not endorsed by or affiliated with ConMari Media Incorporated. The opinions expressed on this episode represent the views of the co hosts and guests alone and do not represent the corporate position of ComMarry Media Incorporated or the Conmary Consultant Community.